Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Nick Comb. Right. The Canaanite Nick Combe. So, uh, the, uh, so archaeologists have unearthed... To what? Sorry, who's doing the story? You or me? Well, you can well have... didn't you pick it up? You just wanted to... Well, well what's the story then? She's being cussed. No. Yes. I'm just saving the listeners a bit of time by explaining what the story is. Well, what, rather than you, you go, kind you of go. reading it aloud you... in a shouty voice and then getting confused halfway through. No, you do it. No, you do it. No, you fucking no, you do, do it. it. Well, you see, you, you want do it. it. You, you have do it. it. I don't care. All right. <laughs> the music. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Headline is Nick Comb helps untangle first Canaanite sentence, right? Tom Whipple, love you, Tom. It's the faintest of indentations, the slightest of engravings, worn down over four millennia, it barely catches the light. But on an ivory comb found buried in Israel, archaeologists have uncovered the world's earliest Canaanite sentence. Now, I, what I think is interesting about this is that it's a Nick Comb. Yes, so the story <laughs> is they found, they've got this Nick Comb, they've had this Nick Comb for quite a long time. They're not that. You look at it, and it's this, how old is it? Canaanite? It's like. 3,000 years. It's the early... They haven't said in the... Four millennia. Four millennia. 4,000 years, okay? And it looks a lot like a fucking knit comb. Yeah. It really is a knit comb and it's got a thick side on one side for like doing your hair and then thinner things for pulling out the knits. The message and- on it says, may this tusk root out the lice of the hair and the beard. I mean, it's, which is amazing. They put instructions on it, literally at the top, directions for usage. And... The reason it's a story now, although this was unearthed some decades ago, no one had ever seen, it was so worn, no one had ever seen the the lettering and it's exciting because it's an alphabet. And it's the first alphabet, the oldest alphabet that is a a precursor of our current alphabet. And there's a notion that, and also it's just fun because, I think they spoke to the archaeologist or the the, the linguist who about it you know are you disappointed that it's not something more momentous or religious they go no this is brilliant because it's actually they're writing something people actually read otherwise if it just said Ramesses the great taketh my soul or whatever yeah we know that yeah we know that um the Nick Home thing and it's just it's just lovely isn't it that there's a there's there's a Nick you just you know Sam Always has nits. Well, he doesn't always have nits because obviously I'm very assiduous about nit combing. But unfortunately, there is there once a single louse gets into a school, 
you, especially a school with little boys in, you, I mean, it's, you, you, you comb and comb and comb and comb and comb and do all the stuff. Uh, but then it, as you comb, as you, you comb, go through the names of the mums you think might be the ones who aren't <laughs> combing their son probably. I bet it was her. I bet it was that one with the Land Rover. Who, it's that one who always parks on the zigzag, hasn't bothered to go. Well, and, there is that, definitely, yeah. definitely. Not at this school, but at the last school. And, and were the Canaanites doing it? It's the, I know which fucking mum it was. Yeah, of course Goes, they were. This woman with massive coal eye makeup, like, like, uh, like Cleopatra and her hair in long, those long sort of beaded braids and she's sort of you know walking along sideways like you know I'd walk like an Egyptian and then she sits down to comb her kicker it's that fucking bitch down by the Nile who's always feeding the crocodiles it's that one it's that one with the really big pyramid whose fucking little Ptolemy has not been properly thing. it's a gross disgusting job and it's a pain in the ass and also that Egyptian always hair hate it. they all have that black bob so yeah. it's quite a hassle to nick comb it no much less of a hassle than any other kind of hair like like curly hair, oh my god! Um, but but also no. I what I do is when I sit obviously at Sam's school, they've all got very neat army back and short back and side. But any kid I see who's got like a big curly tangle, if there's nits in the school and there's a kid with a big t- curly tangle hair. I well, think when, you, if you had to stick a knit comb through that thatch, you would have cut it off. Well, both now. our kids were both at a previous school, which was really sort of arty farty, posh, private, Hampstead, you know, lovely place. Everyone was a child of a pop star. And all every all, all the boys had this super long hair. And they all had these sort of, you know, all had knits and frozen worms, stuff. Constantly. Everyone had knits all the time. And worms all the time. All the so time. is that what brought down the Egyptians then? Is that was the end of Egyptian civilization? <laughs> what a massive what fight saying? between all the mums about who's got knits. Yes, exactly. Cleopatra, you know, it wasn't an asp, though. It was a knit comb. It was, they pointed the poison knit No, no, no. The, the, no. The, the, the thing you do here is Canaanite innovations. So you, they've got the knit comb, but are they going to find a Canaanite banana keeper? What's a banana keeper? Oh my god! It's the bit where you lose me. Then do you know what a banana keeper is? It's a yellow plastic thing in the shape of a banana that you put your banana. So in. You why would do... you put it? You put, a banana um, comes in a banana shape exactly. thing. Exactly, it's about stupid innovations that the Canaanites. But nickcombs are great. Yeah, I yes. You've I, slightly gone. I don't. No, think, I haven't. No, don't. You want an avocado slicer and a Canaanite, a Ca- Canaanite creme caramel blowtorch that the Canaanites yeah, always it, left in the cupboard exactly, and never used. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's got. It's a sort of like other Canaanite inventions that they haven't found yet. They've got a knit comb. Knit combs are quite advanced. A Canaanite coffee warmer that you pluck into the cigarette lighter of your car, which doesn't have a cigarette lighter anymore. <laughs> a Canaanite anyway. spider catcher. You were clearly not... What's a spider catcher? Oh, my God, you never read the Innovations catalogue in no, the 90s. No, but you're blending two stories that don't need to be blended. Leave the Innovations catalogue out. It's not... You don't want to do knit combing. You want to do mundane things that the, that they had, not necessarily shit inventions. <laughs> so, okay, those are shit inventions. You know, so, right? so, so like I the, thought they were funny. No, they are funny. It's funny. It's it's good for two seconds of the podcast, but whether or not it could make Giles Corrin's column in the Times. Oh, fucking hell, a... <laughs> darling. That is not much. <laughs> no, no. But no, but it's like, don't you want to envisage a Canaan day so as the Canaanite it's like wakes up and it's it's like you've got to it's, it's sort of doing the knit comb with this massive clay thing with writing on it and yeah. then um, I, on a, and what also, other children things are there what are, what are the other problems with it? what are the other shit things about having kids or what are the annoying things about having kids um, potty know. training Canaanite potty <laughs> shit is the here uh, little child and um, Canaanite nappies but there were Canaanite nappies yeah, though yeah but, and they, they were unlikely to have survived the little poos rolled up in... in... Yeah, no, 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 well, they would have pooed and then... The whole thing about the Canaanites, they had nappies that wouldn't survive for 4,000 years, unlike yes, campus, exactly. which would all be here for 4,000 years to come. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. Uh, I, I, um, the, the other thing I've said, the Canaanites, 
Um, the thing about the Canaanites was that they were the people in Israel before the Jews, or they ruled it before the sort of building of the city. And if you ever visit uh, the Jerusalem, the, the, the wall, David's walled city, and it's quite, and you look at it from the Garden of Gethsemane, and you look down and you see the walls built by King David, you know, gen- well, not by, by some goys that King David hired, yeah, yeah, but the yeah. wall there, not there. Uh, <laughs> and the, uh, and so, but outside the walls, there is, there is land which has even has not been developed in the four thousand years since, because it's the land just outside the walls of the city where the Canaanites used to make human sacrifices, Ooh. and the whole thing that Judaism and monotheism all evolves from is the eradication of the human sacrifice. So that's why you have the sacrifice of Isaac that doesn't happen is very important, and then they end up uh, he ends up Abraham ends up sacrificing a ram because the early Jews did do. Uh, who were the first monotheists? They did, well, or the Zoroastrians maybe, but the, the Jews, the early Jews, were the first, the first monotheists, and they, um, and they did sacrifice animals, but not humans. And the Canaanites did sacrifice humans. So there was this crossover point where the Canaanites were like the kings of the world, right. knit combing their children <laughs> and then burning them to death as, a, as an offering to Baal uh, or Dagon or one of those. Right. So, uh, so what you're telling me is, is that it's outside Jerusalem. There's land that is as it is. As it was four thousand years yes. ago, and it's never been, never never built, been on built on because, because, it's, because, it's because they killed, they, they, they killed sacrificed people. their children to God there, and then right. invented a religion where you don't have to slaughter people, and you can just yeah. imagine the first Israelites moving. This is nice, I like it. Oi, they sacrifice their their only humans, and they say, well, these Canaanites, we will we will we will inhabit this. There are some wonderful things about them. The knit comb, for example, <laughs> a wonderful invention. The but pl- I, yoy, the, the plug-in milk frother. The love, <laughs> But the sacrificing of the humans? No, we don't want we don't that. Like that. So it's that, yeah. And also, you can imagine, I mean, we all know that in, in a Jewish household, and I think of this as one. In a Jewish uh, household. It's a Judeo Christian household. Whatever, yeah. I'm an Anglican, let's. But I'm a very observant Jew, so no. <laughs> that makes up for it. Well, you mean you watch me making smoked salmon bagels? <laughs> I do, while tucking into a bacon sandwich. But the. Uh, the, but the um, uh, so the thing with the with, so Jews will be much more assiduous nitcombers. I would when we suspect other parents at the school. It's never the Jews. Oh, it's, it's not the Jews because Jews we we're into cleanliness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nobody. Nice short crew cut. Yeah. And lots of nitcombs. Nobody that indulges in ritual circumcision so as not to get nasty <laughs> bits of grit in their willy is then going to let their kid have a head full of nits. You seem a little. Sclerotic today. Actually, I don't know what that means. What is what is what does it mean? Good. I mean, looks that's arterial, isn't it? Is it arteriosclerosis? Is blocking of the arteries. So sclerotic probably means bunged up, but sclerotic, I think you think means choleric. What does choleric mean? This choleric is the good one. No, sanguine's the good one. That's when you're like everything's chill. chill. Choleric, you're just like like a wasp in a bottle. Uh, Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. A wasp in a bottle with builders. Uh, okay. Um, is there on on our list that I don't know whether to read out or not? Probably not. Is there anything? You're going to, what read out our, our running order? Is, no. It's not our running order. It's my running order. Okay. Please. You have it then. Thank you. What's this on the bottom of it? This email. <laughs> it's a attachments are confidential. Maybe you <laughs> privilege. Not the property of news. Oh, it's because I sent it to you as a, as a thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Please do not print it out unless you really need to. Well, we really needed to this morning. Are, are there any? Just in terms of, we haven't got a running order, but is there anything that you would more like to talk about than? Less. Um, well, the top of the list, yeah. uh, it's the first thing is, as you're down there with the printer, could you print this out for the pod, please? <laughs> the 
because I've insisted that the printer be moved to the kitchen. Yeah, which it, as opposed so to- our son Sam is desperate for a very bizarre sort of pet called an axolotl. Very sweet picture. I hold the picture up it's for very, the benefits very of radio. Um, In amongst my notes, I found it. He, and, and, an axolotl is basically a human fish. It's a little thing with arms and legs and a face with fins. Yeah. That Why can, are we talking about this? Because I want to talk about why I've moved the printer. Oh, right, anyway, right. Sam is, and I said, I basically said, no, I don't want another fish pet. And also Iris the cat will eat it, pretty much, and it'll be horrible. So he found a technical legal loophole where an axolotl isn't a fish. It's not a fish, it's a person. It's basically an amphibian. It's a tiny mermaid. But it's, it's an amphibian that can't live on land. Or something. It's really complicated. It's got so like many ways of dying, which is what you want in a pet. So, but basically, in, in, in response to my kind of, no, 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 nothing, nothing in a tank, please, he uh, has gone sort of bonkers and written a 50-page dossier yeah. about the axolotl and claims now to be an expert. And he was printing out so much stuff that I had to move the printer to the kitchen because it was more convenient. Because the printer is no longer in our either of our studies because neither of us has a study because no. they're being turned into bedrooms which is what the builders are doing so we're up again in Kitty's bedroom where the printer was yeah. and now you're in this narrow but very tall Victorian house where the printer's either in the basement, in the basement or, in the or, attic, or in the attic yeah, running up and down printing yeah at least it's good for our sclerotic health but this this actual little thing is because you wouldn't let him have a snake right? Abs over my fucking dead body I re- look I respect snakes right to exist I do not want one in my house and in the pet shop we met a guy who was there looking at other animals because their snake had escaped and he said oh yeah snakes are real escape artists and I looked at Sam and I just went yeah, I mean an hour I, it would be before it left yeah I, and it would just be in my bed. And then and all of my nightmares would come true. Even if it's got no teeth, okay? I just, snakes, yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. No. This thing would be, would be slithered between your thighs. Oh, God. I knew, oh, God. I'm sorry. I straight <laughs> into that one. And you'd think it was a snake. But it'd be worse. It's your husband. Exactly. Um, uh, anyway, so that's anyway, so but I think this is quite original of him to have gone for an axolotl. I, I couldn't have told you what one was before. They are endangered, threatened, exist only in a lake... In Mexico. in Mexico City, which is like not where you want to live if you're a quite fragile amphibian. Humans only last about a week in Mexico City, they let do alone. At the moment, yeah. So it's but but it's very successfully bred in captivity, and it's not in any sense bad. Or it's not like an exotic pet that you shouldn't have. There are basically none, so few left in the wild, so critically endangered that it's one of those things which can now only exist really in children's aquariums and it's very sweet he has got this huge dossier and he's got an answer to every so so he was going the other day so dad in fact he calls me father in these discussions <laughs> so father what are your three main concerns and i go well first of all that's the changing of the water ah if i could point you to section th- literally 3d he's got like fold out sections that he's sort of stapled together and they all kind of fold out it's like all a- really sort of just william slash jennings goes to school it is uh and he literally points you to section 3d in which the water does not have to be completely changed um only a quarter of the water has to be taken out and refilled every month so that's fine any other concerns for I mean, you know what does it eat he was He's... describing to me how that the poos can be individually picked up with a little pipette and i was like well yeah have fun and you're Sam. gonna be doing that are you mate yeah. instead of ipad <laughs> yeah or instead of <laughs> going to nando's eating pizza in front of the telly yeah. i mean yeah exactly anyway let's stop talking about but it's quite interesting it. so what he does is the moment he, you get home from school he runs to his room to immediately begin his axolotl research, which and actually one of the stories on my running order, you yes. wonder where that was going. Yeah, I did. Uh, half of young people uh, revealed in the paper that they spend most of their free time alone in their rooms. Half. You're going to say it's the boys and they're all wanking, and that's the so, end of the also, story. And also, how do you define young? Oh, I. Well, darling, I mean, how less do than they 54. Define, yes, how do they I know. Young? The, pe- the story's in the paper. It's not one of the stories I've cut out. It was young people. It was like under. Let's. I don't know. 
under 18, let's say young people. And then it was like of those, you know, three quarters of them are just on screens. And it went into this right. thing. And it's just like... I didn't have anything about it, but now I discover maybe they're all just researching axolotls. <laughs> well, you... I spent uh, as a as a young person uh, with no screens because there were no iPads, and I certainly didn't have a telly in my bedroom when I was little. I spent quite a lot of time in my room, and I wasn't wanking. I was I, I was like hanging out. I quite liked my room, but then I'm, 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 I was I was writing and drawing little cartoons. I was listening to Test Match Special, and no, but you really weren't wanking. Throwing a ball. I'm this when I was eleven. Mm. Um, uh, throwing a, a ball against a wall and then hitting it with a bat and writing down the score until one mm. afternoon when I was 12 and a half that I discovered <laughs> there was something else to do oh this, this is a bit yucky but at the same time uh, yeah anyway so that's what the children are doing and we've, we've got to the bottom of that um, so, so uh, uh, is, is it a column that you want to write no about about discovering <laughs> discovering wanking about your text if test only my score. parents had bought me an axolotl that in fact it, isn't that what a wonderful euphemism that would be I'm just going upstairs to feed the axolotl yeah yeah, yeah right down about three minutes running of taps <laughs> <laughs> There'll be more from Esther and me in our kitchen after a short interlude. But to find out what I wrote about in the end, why not pick up a subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times and enjoy one month absolutely free? Just search thetimes.co.uk forward slash Giles Corrin has no idea. I've been promised that this will take you to an amazing offer rather than just a website created by Ben randomly containing all my broadcasting mistakes. Although I'm sure that exists somewhere, it's just going to be up to you to find it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, um, oh, I feel like the... Okay, yeah. How yeah no, go, the you go, you go. You bring something to the party, come on. Okay, in that case, you, cause you had an idea. That, can you pass me your idea sheet, please, so I can read what? your idea back to you? Give it oh, okay. Um, oh yeah, so you're excited because we're going to go and see um, a performance oh, yeah. of we're going to go and see a performance of, the, of a Christmas Carol in Stratford upon Avon in Royal Shakespeare Company in yeah, December. In December, and Adrian Edmondson is screwed. Yeah, which I was is really excited. I was reasonably excited. We saw that amazing it Christmas Carol so last good. year with so Matey from Doctor Who. What's he called? Yeah, can't remember. That bloke? Can't remember. What's he with the one? The He's long, amazing. The we one who him. plays Moriarty. He's not Moriarty. He plays he plays uh, his brother. That fellow. Who's mm. that excellent? 
chat. The one who writes everything. Come on, Ben. Helps Come out. Ben. The guy, the TV oh, guy. Uh, Mark Gatiss. Thank yes. you. Thank you very much. Excellent. Young yeah. man helps out two old people. Hey, yeah. I saw this play. I think it was Burbage, it was you said. Fellow uh, with the anyway, nose. and we saw the Mark Gatiss one uh, at Ali Pally, and it was just the best. So amazing. Fucking rotating cast of about seven, and a, and yeah. a guy with cerebral palsy playing Tiny Tim. Yeah. It, and also. And that amazing trans person. Doing the ghosts. Doing all of, the ghosts, and, and he was just so good. And. And it was this amazing, moving thing where it was the first ever cerebral kid with cerebral palsy to play Tiny Tim. But because they were an ensemble cast, he also played other roles. Mm. And when I and I wrote about it, and when I looked him up because I wanted to get a handle on who he was, I can't remember his name now. It said cerebral palsy, um, good in a wheelchair. What would say can also walk if the role requires, which was just the best thing. After a thousand years of actors say, yes, I can walk with a stick if the role, I can do it. I can, my Henry, I can hunt almost quadruple to play my Richard III. So, and so to see an actor with cerebral palsy saying, yeah, I can, I can walk if I have to. It was just brilliant. And he did in this role. But anyway, so even more excitingly, or as excitingly, so we're going to this Christmas Carol and I just flipped open the time to see it's Adrian Edmondson. And there's a picture of him and you realise that even when he was Viv in the young ones, he was Scrooge. He is, he, <laughs> when he was in bottom, he was Scrooge. Yeah. He just is Scrooge. That sort of, you know, removing the joke. He's just his cantankerous. He's sort of cantankerous. Yeah. And I'm just, I cannot wait. And oh he's God, got a great right. review in the Times today. Oh, has and, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and it made you think, it made you think of doing quite a classic column. It's maybe a little bit early in the year for it, for it, but as you pointed out in your office in Soho, they've already got a Christmas tree up. Ah, <laughs> segue, just about. little, da- just pause because this is also a thing. I went into my office yesterday, walked in, fucking Christmas tree being put up, turned to my friend Eric on reception and she went, oh, no, I know, I know, I just, I don't know what they think. I've got to look at it every day. At mm. least you can go up to the fourth floor. And it's like, I don't want it to be Christmas now. I, this is not going to be a podcast about, ooh, Christmas seems to be coming earlier, everything. I don't give a fuck what they're doing in the window of Selfridges or Harry. If I come into my office with shit to do and I see a Christmas tree, I'm going to think, fuck, it's nearly Christmas. And it's I, not. I've, I've got to get on with stuff. Yeah. And it's really not. It's, it's really, really not. What is it now? Just November the 7th, 10th, 9th? It's November the 9th. We drop on the 10th, the 11th. It's early. It's not even Armistice Day yet, or it is the day when this drops. Yeah. But, um, and, you know... It is too early for Christmas. Christmas means the end of the world. Christmas yeah. means all the things you have to do and all, all the people you don't want to see. Oh, we must meet up for dinner. Let's do it in the new year. Mm. Never. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it should be... Just pushed away. Or there, and I definitely one does have work that has to be done by, you know. Oh, there, I mean, and you just can't Christ, at, Christmas and New Year, if you, if, you, if you think about it too carefully, they, it does feel a little bit like the end of the world. It is this major, major deadline. Yeah. And, and Everything you really, goes dark. <laughs> yeah. You've got to get all your work done and immediately afterwards feed a thousand people <laughs> uh, for, for no apparent reason and give them really excellent presents yeah. and drive around pissed all over England trying to get from <laughs> to one fucking terrible thing for another just so you can get to the 20th, 28th and lie back and go, fucking hell, I'm glad yeah. that's over. Yeah. And then do New Year, which is always disappointing, and then start a whole nother fucking year. You don't want to see... Yeah. A Christmas tree now. No, it is a little bit like, um, you know, uh, a dark figure in the corner of the room with a scythe, isn't yep, it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's like walking to the office and Erica on reception saying, morning, Giles, don't forget, you are going to die. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Every day. It is a Just, little bit like that. Yeah, it is like, it is, yes. It's like, it's like so, seeing one of those pictures they have on fag packets now of a, mm. of a sort of, uh, of, of, a, of a tumorous lung. Or something. Those are always really nice to look yeah, at. But they, but so you had, you had the idea, which is quite a classic uh, uh, column idea, maybe a bit early in the year, might not work, but I loved it so much, which was different 
people in politics representing different characters in Charles Dickens. Or, or from anywhere. So Adrian Edmondson, God, yes, of course he is Scrooge. Yeah. You know, other people, and you could almost, you could either be written up as a column mm. uh, or it could be a listicle, which I always, I always enjoy because they're fun because writing the link bits is the and hard you haven't done you haven't done a list for a really for long a time. While. I think limiting it to politicians is actually well, really funny. I, I think in the, well, I think in the column you start off with the odd actor in order to lure people in. Right. Adrian Edmondson, well, of course, mm. you know, Simon Callow. Well, he's all Dickens' characters, isn't he? But, but I mean, <laughs> he's every so, single Simon one. Callow is just one you could fit in, but how could he not be? Um, and I think you would, you're making a little bit of a... Co- I mean, I mentioned... I mentioned Christmas Carol and Dickens last week when I was, but that was about Saving Simpson's Tavern, which is, by the way, thanks to Times readers, doubled overnight from thirty-three thousand to sixty-six thousand pounds. The the fund to save them now at ninety, well on the way to. They they set up a, a society. They're going to try and get it registered as a site of special. Uh, at least interest. much much harder for the holdings company to shut for it down. The table holdings. It's just, you know. They're going to look at it and go. I, they're going to realise they made a mistake. They made an. They, some some garner sunbed in Bermuda. You know, yeah, we'll we'll just we'll, we'll yeah. throw those bastards out. Mm. That tick tick. That'll make the accounts work. Yeah. No, it's a bigger thing than that. And the Times has made a thing about it. The Times followed up with a leader. The Telegraph have done Tanya Gold in the Standard. It's a big. It's a hot potato now, and it's possible that the Times has saved it. But anyway, um. So but so one could come back to it to say yes other people I, I thought you know Boris Johnson Mr Bumble yes well although Boris Johnson a bit like Simon Callow he is a bit of a Dickensian character isn't he so he could be sort of very but I but how about okay look how about Rishi Sunak as young Scrooge so when he goes back in time and sees himself all sort of like clever with his books and like you know being all sort of diligent and he's got a little girlfriend and he's sort of a little whippersnapper Rishi Sunak it's bit because Dev Patel played David Copperfield yeah. in that film mm-hmm. it's hard and it was this breakthrough uh, South Asian casting of a character and Dev Patel I just can't help seeing him I, who, and Dev Patel is bound to play Rishi Sunak in the, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the film about how Rishi Sunak fucked up when and if he does I can't help but see Rishi Sunak now as anything other than David Copperfield yeah of course well yeah I mean exactly but, uh, but, uh, but all Dickens characters are the last person that successfully played them do you know what I mean yes yes like uh, our friend Charles Dance from Up the Road who played I think Tulkinghorn in Bleak House yeah, but he, how can Tulkinghorn be anyone else? How could anybody monstrously terrifying out of a Dickens novel be anything except Charles Dance with sideburns and a huge Victorian collar? Just, yeah, exactly. You just see him walking up Highgate Road and go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I saw him in I saw him in the grocer the other day with his, with his fam, girlfriend in, in fam yeah and he was buying ingredients he was buying ingredients for a caprese salad and I'm afraid I was just sort of he was buying ingredients for a caprese salad and he was talk, I mean he was just talking at exa- uh, no not those tomatoes no they are no I can't do no, it no plum tomatoes no, don't be no, absurd you're no, making a caprese exactly, salad with mozzarella exactly. you can't be really loud. I've got my in- I yeah. have this is my indoor voice darling <laughs> exactly. I you can't use fucking cherry tomatoes <laughs> in an insalata caprese. You need pass me a, palm pass me tomatoes. Pass me that bag, will you? Not those heritage fuckers. That's, <laughs> oh, when I was a lad, the tomatoes. Um, I'd say it's with the greatest respect of Charles, who is, is, is one of our great celebrity neighbours, and we do nod to each other in the street. But it's oh, how- do you? I, oh. I, I scuttle past and try not to look him in the eye. Hello, Corrin. <laughs> Fucked anybody off recently. Jolly good day. <laughs> Um, but also your suggestion of um, of Gavin Williamson as Bill Sykes. <laughs> <laughs> but Gavin Williamson is much more pusillanimous in some ways, isn't he? Who is he? Very humble. Me... Who's very humble? Oh, Uriah Heep. Who was that? Uriah Heep. There you go. Very Uriah Heep. Was Gavin Williamson was a kind of combination of um, Uriah Heep and Bill Sykes? Yeah. I thought Jacob Rees Mogg would make a wonderful. <laughs> Again, all of them. No, he would make a wonderful Miss Havisham. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was going to say Angela Rayner as Nancy. <laughs> no, Nancy, I thought of Nancy as Nadine Dorries. She's such a, oh, I, oh, 
Yeah. Oh no, look about Angela Angela Rain has got the hair and the da, 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 you know? Yeah, I guess so. But I think that I feel like Nadine Dorries has got some of the kind of the wide-eyed sort of like oh, ah, of Nancy. Whereas Angela Rayner is a bit more kind of canny and kind of and like, oh, to... easy little governor. Yeah, she doesn't talk like that, but you know what I mean? She's also, a bit everybody more... wants to club Nadine Dorries to death under <laughs> London Bridge. <laughs> Um, so Wes Streeting, Mr. Popular, could be Fred, Scrooge's nephew. You don't know who Wes Streeting is, do you? He's that one who, who definitely wants to be Prime Minister and all the Corbynites hate, and he's always on Times Radio. And although I love Times Radio and I love the Times and we are a great thing, we are broadly a conservative organisation. Why is Wes Streeting always on fucking because Times Radio? He's, because he's, he's desperate to be a centrist. He, he's desperate to be like... A, the, centrist the, dad. Yeah, centrist dad. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, who did I have for Keir Starmer? I thought Keir Starmer could be... Oh. He could be Bleak House. Could he be... You could just play the house <laughs> with his giant head. You just put a massive door on it. Ken Clark, obviously, the ghost of Christmas present. So we need some other Dickens... Some other Dickens... Which way round should we go? We look for the famous person first or the Dickens character? So the Dickens... Let's try and move away from the really... Those really famous ones right. to... Um, what about Esther from Bleak House? Stella. Stella Braverman. Stella. Yeah. Sort of cold-hearted and calculating, Estella. No? Smallpox. <laughs> Estella didn't get smallpox. That's box. why she's got a pop face. That's the whole thing. Uh, Estella doesn't have a pop She's got a pop face. Oh, so, so she... you mean Esther from Bleak House, not Estella from Great Expectations. You turn out to remember more Dickens than I'd have thought. No, no, Google, mate. No. I mean... <laughs> You've been listening to Giles Corrin Has No Idea with me, Giles Corrin. And me, Esther Walker. It's a Wireless Studios production for The Times, produced by Ben Mitchell. You can listen to us on The Times Radio app or download from wherever you get your podcasts. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.